We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Hey, welcome to the Swap Moto Podcast presented by Fly Racing. This is uh, part two with our buddy Bernard Kerr, who uh, is a uh, world <laughs> championship level mountain biker who is coming to race Anaheim 1, and you got totally roached yeah, by got the shut down. slash FIM, right? Yeah, shut so, down. So, okay, Bernard, I have to say your progression was super uh, impressive. Your, your learning curve was really steep. <laughs> Uh, I was there for your first day on Supercross, and uh, it was a struggle. Let's be honest; it was a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then even in the start, you didn't hit whoops that day, right? No, I didn't hit them that day. No. But the first, first video you put of yourself up hitting the whoops, it looked like like if like Jeremy was goon riding or something. Right? Yeah, I was bad in the UK. Yeah, I was but, really uh, bad. But dude, by the end, legit. Yeah, we got them Super in the legit. end. I mean, do you think it was a comfort thing or was it the world-class coaching that you had? Honestly, the coaching, the comfort thing, yeah, whoops are scary and going in, they look really gnarly and they're terrifying. Mm -hmm. But it was so hard to work out and listen to myself. I would go in and pretty much shut off on the third or fourth whoop and you'd see every time my front wheel would drop. Mm -hmm. And finally, I don't know, one day it clicked that you had to either go in slow or go in fast if you're good. But go in slow and you had to either maintain or build speed through them mm -hmm. and the, i remember literally one time out k3 i suddenly didn't shut off and i got slowly faster through them and it clicked that one time i was like yes <laughs> this is what i'm supposed to be doing so yeah i don't know i think jeremy and everyone yeah helped a lot with that <laughs> yeah is it uh is whoops like just a, a commitment thing like saying it is it's committing to like giving it throttle as you go into these little brick walls yeah so yeah committing to that and I guess working out where your weight is, apparently my knees kept coming forward, mm -hmm. which honestly riding I can't tell or know, but I know when they told me and Jeremy's like, your knees are going forward and Weston and my friend Jordan, I had to try and keep my knees back, chin low. Mm -hmm. And mainly the throttle thing is like either keep it steady or keep slowly increasing it as I go through them. Yeah. What gear were you hitting the whoops in? It depends. I was third and second, like second and third. Uh -huh. I know the top guys are mainly third, I think on the sets I was on. Yeah. They weren't like really fourth gear sets, but yeah, some of them third, but some second when I was being a little bitch. <laughs> okay, so uh, summarizing it, I mean, you came, how many weeks did you ride for? Three weeks? Yeah, I got 11 days Supercross in. 11 days Supercross. 11 days Supercross I rode in America. Okay, the blog that was very impressive to me was the one where you, you left K3 and you went to the Pro Circuit Cowie track at Glen Helen. Yeah. Okay. And you learned the track within a day, like a short amount of time you were doing everything. Yeah, pretty good. But correct. you did it while, or should I say whilst? I'm <laughs> whilst. While, while you had the pro circuit guys watching. I mean, wasn't that nerve-wracking? Like, Yeah, it was a lot. Well, the first day I went to the Cowie track, it was Ryan was stood there and Jeremy and uh, KTM boys and everyone. But yeah, the, Cowie, uh, the pro circuit track was a lot because they stand up on the bank and then... Yeah. Jeremy's like, right, get your gear on, go roll down. He tells me how it is. He was amazing. So it kind of pushes you. He's like, right, why have you not got your gear on yet? Get down there. And you're like, everyone's watching. And he's like, get down there. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot. And the first day there, the whoops were really bad. 
and even Faulkner and everyone, they weren't struggling by any means, but mm-hmm. they were they were getting kicked about a bit. So um, I missed them that day. And even Austin talked to me a bit. He's like, they're really gnarly today, dude. This is as gnarly as they'll ever get a race. They're real soft. And I was like, thank God I can miss them today. <laughs> and that was the day. Yeah, Weston was there that day, and he didn't even ride them. So mm-hmm. he was pretty impressive around the track, though, I tell you what. But For a one-eyed guy, huh? All, honestly, he said he hadn't ridden since October. I think he rolled a lap and a half and then hit everything. Did the same line as Austin and uh, Cameron that were there. and Yeah, tripled through and tripled rhythm lanes and hit the triple. He was mm-hmm. impressive. So, yeah, with him watching and everyone else, it was, uh, yeah, it's a lot to learn. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so Jeremy was helping you at the start. Jeremy was providing your bike. Yeah. How did, how did you get uh, hooked up with uh, Weston Pike? Um, through Flyce, yeah. Jeremy's through Maxis. Mm-hmm. And then Weston through uh, WPS and Fly. They yeah. were awesome and uh wanted a video i guess it was like the whole cool story thing but weston has honestly shocked me how much of a nice guy he is because yeah. online he's, he's got he's, tattoos he's this massive real strong guy he's gnarly and punches freezy yeah. <laughs> and all of that but he is honestly one of the most genuinely nice people i've ever met and like mm-hmm. took so much of his time we got there and i can't remember what was wrong with the bike and he starts laughing at me he's like right i'm changing this like the kill switch he's like i need to move that you're too sketchy to have it there you're gonna hit that with your chest and <laughs> kill the bike on something and he was just honestly straight to it was working on the bike uh-huh. and was the nicest guy ever so yeah that was through flying he came out for a day at the pro circuit track and bones and mitch and everyone let him ride which was rad and mm-hmm. then i did another day with him up he does these training schools with yeah. buddy up at, yeah up at carson's track in the, the high desert which was it was cool i hadn't ridden for a week it rained again in california so mm-hmm. i didn't ride for a week and then had to try and struggle my way around again with him and buddy and all these kids that are amazing riders which was quite that was honestly probably more intimidating than than the pro circuit track all these kids that are so good and Mm. i roll in real late because we had to do a clutch and yeah struggle on that weston helped fit a clutch dude he's such a down-to-earth guy so yeah very lucky he can also hook you up with good uh deal on some furniture yeah i know i heard that i don't know what his company's called but me and him (laughs) making fun of that other big brand out by uh glenn helen but yeah if you want furniture hit up weston pike yeah Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further longer and faster they they just brought out a new taser e-bike which is uh, yeah everyone's given the double thumbs up on so head down to your local intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com check it out guys what's up this is christian craig as a motocross racer being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling and whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. Worst Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in the motocross for the last 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device and their original adjustable clutch perch assemblies, I am proud to use it on my Motoconcept Honda. Check them out at WorksConnection.com. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota of Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport 
like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Okay, so uh, when did the uh, troubles begin? The troubles began, I want to say it was like the 12th or 13th of December. You can't technically pay for your FIM license until then because they released the next year, the 2020 prices. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went quiet in the UK and I was like, hey, what's going on? I need my license. So the ACU, which is the UK Federation, okay. suddenly released me to the AMA, which means I need to get an AMA license all of a sudden, even though I'd been going through this whole FIM process with them for a while. Mm-hmm. So it started to get a bit weird and I sent that to the AMA or they sent that and I was like oh I guess I need this but it went to the wrong email address it was supposed to go to Connie and it did go to the wrong email address it turns out and she didn't see it Mm. and then when they did they obviously didn't want to give me a license because they didn't know who I was so they phoned the ACU Mm -hmm. and I don't know who high up at the AMA had a discussion with the ACU the head of the ACU in the UK and suddenly it started getting weird I didn't hear back for a few days and I'm not really sure. So I called up the ACU and said, hey, can I get my license? And they're like, we released you. I was like, yeah, but I need the FIM license for you and start permission and I can just enter the race. Mm -hmm. And then they said, hey, what's your race results? And I was like, I mean, I don't really have any. I've done two motocross races ever, local ones that I got first and second in, but I doubt you'll care about those. And they're like, no, we don't. And I was like, well, can I have my license? And uh, the ACU were terrible, actually. They were, the lady was real angry there and kind of shouted at me. And Mm. I explained that I'd been emailing them for two months setting up with them and doing my medical for an FIM license and all the way through the process they'd been helpful they'd sent me the forms they'd told me to get a medical mm-hmm. told me what I needed and I'd been very clear from the start that I'd never raced the race I was trying to do what I needed a license for and yeah they pretty much denied it and said um, we'll release you to the AMA but we're not giving you an FIM license and by then it's I want to say the 20th or 21st of December mm-hmm. is when they said they wouldn't give me an FIM license which was what I'd been banking on the whole time. I never thought I was getting an AMA one, yeah. but they released me to the AMA almost without me knowing. And then that's when the AMA got confused. They called them and I don't really know. It got really high up in the AMA and the ACU within a matter of days. And then they kind of refused it. But luckily for me, I recently moved to Ireland for training and I have a really good Irish friend, Graham Irwin. Mm-hmm. And um, he helped me get a license through the Irish Federation because I spoke to Kevin Crowther at the AMA. Okay on the phone, unfortunately I don't have this in writing, and he was super nice on the phone, talked to me for a while and said, if I get an FIM license, he would let me enter the race. Word for word is what mm-hmm. I was told. So I got an FIM license through the Irish Federation, and then a week later, I didn't really hear back from anyone, it was, what was it, New Year's, there was loads of holidays, I'd emailed the AMA, all my licenses through, entry forms, everything, everything they asked for. Mm-hmm. everything they asked for I would get back to them with didn't hear back didn't hear back and then I got a big email from Kevin saying I wouldn't be allowed to race on I think that was the Wednesday before Anaheim won mm-hmm. so um, no one would answer my phone calls so I decided I'd go to the stadium on the Thursday and before I know it after being there for five hours I was in a truck with yeah was it Mike Pelletier head of Supercross John Gallagher who mm-hmm. I don't think is a big fan um 
oh, what's the other guy named? Something Tule, Tule, T-H-U, Tule, that's that guy. I think it was him and then Kevin Crowther on the phone and John Gallagher was a pretty heated guy to say the least. Yeah. Mike and Kevin were really, apart from the fact that they're denying me something, they were level-headed unlike John but um, the only annoying thing for me, really annoying thing is word for word, John, um, Kevin said if I get an FIM license, he would give me an entry. Yeah. Which he went back on his way. I wouldn't have spent another $200 and have many nights up at 1 a.m. making sure I'd emailed the right form to the Irish Federation, my medical back through mm-hmm. that said I was fit. But for them on the Thursday evening before to um, pretty much just shut me down. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Did they say, we'll come back to Anaheim at Anaheim 2 on Sunday and race the Futures and get your points? They basically wanted me to do the Futures, yeah. Either wow. the Futures or... The other thing they were saying is race of motocross race in the UK and prove that you can you can race. And I said it's nothing like Supercross, as you know. Yeah, it's a completely different um, thing. So they wanted me to do that. I know they phoned Weston, which they really didn't admit to me to ask him what they thought of my riding. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, they gave me ten different excuses why I couldn't enter. And every one I'd have an answer for, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, it's this or it's that." And I'm like, "Well, which one is it?" So. It sucks. We put a lot of time into this, yeah. and Jeremy put a lot of his own time in. He's been amazing with this whilst lending the bike. He drove out to the track. Mm-hmm. I bet if you added his hours up, it'd be over 20 hours effort he's put into this coming out. And then Weston came out, took me to his training day, text me, helped me, everything. And then, yeah, even Lou here at Jeremy's workshops put so many hours in and everyone. So, yeah. and flying. Yeah, the amount of people I need to thank and Kurt Kawasaki's insane. How many people helped out with this for it just to be shut down and yeah. who did try and call the AMA to say this guy will make it round and after watching C practice, I'm not saying I would have been the best guy out there, but I would have fit right in. Yeah. I mean there's guys out there. I mean I'm not gonna name names, but there's guys out there that shouldn't be there. Yeah, the top the top half of C practice was pretty confident, I feel mm-hmm. like. They get round, they're not flying round and the bottom half, who knows? But um I feel like I could have been there. I would have been in my element in the C group, let's yeah. say. So Okay, so you got to walk the track. Yeah. Okay, so having ridden Supercross now and walk tracks and figure out what you can and can't do, I mean, how did you feel walking the Anaheim one track? Apart from feeling really gutted that I wasn't riding yeah. yet, I felt like I would have been fine. The uh, the Cowie track I rode was quite mellow, to be fair, but the the Pro Circuit Glen Helen ones, Mitch and Bones and everyone has done an awesome job of replicating a racetrack, so... Mm-hmm. It was really similar to that. I feel like it would have been fine. The triple had a really nice high landing, so you could see it from the jump before, so mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't have cased it for once. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I would have been fine. It was definitely quite wet. They did a really good job, or I don't know if it was good or bad. It looked like they kept the dirt really, really moist, which mm-hmm. would have definitely played into my favor being from a wet country. Yeah. But I'm not saying I would have set the world on fire, but I would have been fine. I'm not saying I would have made the night show, if I'm honest. It would have been, I think it was around nine seconds. I need to double check that mm-hmm. from first to 40th. And in all honesty, I'm not sure I would have made it. Mm-hmm. But I would have been fine in practice. I could have yeah. gone out. I could have rode. I could have got some sick photos and pretty much ticked off a bucket list dream that yeah. the AMA decided to shut down. So let me ask you this. Will you, will you uh, give it another go? Will you, <laughs> will you do the, the whole uh, futures I don't know. Or? Well, the Futures thing's hard because when you come over, I know apparently what I've been told, the Futures looks like it's nothing like Supercross really. It's like yeah. a vet track. Yeah. And you've got kids like Tim Ferry's kid or whoever's going to go out there that is going to be so, so quick. Yeah. They're going to beat any guy that's probably coming 30th in a night show or 35th. You know, they're yeah, going to be yeah, flying yeah. around there. So I'm not sure whether to do that or I was told if I um, 
raced some motocross races in the UK, yeah. got a few results, I would get issued my license and I could come back over and do it mm-hmm. because that's how the international rule works. But I'm not sure how much the AMA and the ACU would stick to their word on that if I did some races. Yeah. So that's a tough one. And I know there's a meeting now at the FIM in February. And this is one of the talking points. We've definitely ruffled some feathers. <laughs> is there going to be the Bernard Kerr rule? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I haven't screwed it over for anyone else internationally. But I know I exposed the loophole on quite a, a grand scale, yeah. how you can just get your license. And technically, we went through the AMA rulebook and I met everything they'd asked for yeah. to enter. I know the FIM can come in, which John Gallagher did and just stopped me in, like entering. Mm-hmm. But the AMA rulebook, if you read the rules, I had the license and I had everything they asked for. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, but Jeremy texted me and a few other people was like, we need to make this happen at some point in the future. So I don't know. There's a big question mark on 2021 right now. Yeah, man. It has to be uh, at the same time both encouraging because you've seen the progress you've made yeah, and, and the words of encouragement you've gotten from people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. But it's also going to be discouraging because it was a lifelong goal. And you invested all this money and time into it and came out and did it and got shut down at the 11th hour. Yeah, it was annoying that it was the 11th hour. I rode um, Wednesday before we rode Hammer. I got my license on Wednesday morning before after they said you need a different license and this and that. Wednesday morning driving to Hemet, so it was New Year's Day. I got my license en route to the track and I was so hyped to ride. I was like a different guy because I knew I had my license. And Kevin had said to me on the phone, if you have a license, we'll let you enter. So I was so stoked. So... The Wednesday I rode well, Thursday went out to Pro Circuit and rode the best I'd ridden by far mm-hmm. and was so stoked. And then, yeah, Thursday evening had the meeting and I was, yeah, pretty gutted because I'd known how far I'd come on. I was like, wow, I'm like going really, really good right now. This yeah. is awesome. So, yeah, it was pretty gutting and I actually rode Friday again because we were still like, maybe I'm going to get in somehow, I don't <laughs> know, like rode Friday morning, but yeah. I don't know. It's been an awesome experience, like riding the tracks with everyone, seeing what mm-hmm. Supercross actually is. And I respected all these athletes before coming from another sport, but seeing what they do in real life and how quick they go mm-hmm. around a test track or whatever, or even at the main track, is it's something else. It's very, very impressive and very humbling. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Chase and I were were talking about it, like how you got roached out, and we're like, man. All they have to do is look up the hardline video. <laughs> Dude, you were doing shit in that Red Bull hardline video. That's way gnarlier than Supercross. Yeah. They were like yeah. funny about it all with like their reasons. Like one reason was I'd never like gone through a first turn. Yeah. was one of their reasons. Like that's not a reason. And then the other reason, you've never raced against the clock. I was like, I'm literally paid to race against the clock. Yeah. I know it's a different thing. Yeah. But yeah, they were they were funny about it. And I'm sure they watched some video, but we didn't which is funny, I know a lot of people don't believe this, a lot of the video we put up would be the first two-thirds of a day mm-hmm. because there's a lot of haters out there, as I'm sure you guys and people listening to this know, there's a lot of haters, especially on Vital. So we thought fueling the fire was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't always necessarily put the best clips up. And yeah. then the last bit of the day, normally we would take photos. So, yeah, I think that maybe went against me with the, the AMA watching that or something. But uh, Yeah, can you... Uh, do you think that there was... Like, like was coming on our podcast and shining light on it, going on Mathis's, uh, the vlog series. Like, do you think maybe if you were a super low key guy and just came and did it? 
I you think I would have slipped under the radar. Maybe they claim I wouldn't, but they have to say that. Yeah. They said I was like, I'm sure if I was just a UK guy and I had my license, I got. And they're like, No, we have a process to check this and check that. I was like, You guys didn't check until the 20th of December. Yeah. After you had all this heat and people making Facebook posts and I think people phoning the AMA and emailing in and people get upset even though I'm not taking a spot off anyone. It yeah. sucks. Like, it would be so rad for like everyone to be hyped on everyone. I know that's unrealistic, but. Mm. If we had a moto guy come to the mountain bike world, we'd everyone would be so hyped. We'd welcome with them open arms. So, yeah. yeah, I think if we'd maybe kept it really quiet, we probably could have just slipped in potentially. Yeah. But yeah, they. I think they don't. They really didn't like that I was. Um, they thought for one reason it was a marketing stunt. They thought, and then they didn't like that I was using their platform as like this big PR thing or whatever. I don't know what they thought I was trying to do with it. I'm here to try and race, and yeah, we. I'm very lucky. I have a big following, and everyone's mm -hmm. watching it. It's good for my sponsors, but they didn't think I was good for the sport or, or really doing good for the sport. And uh, it's weird. Like I know, hopefully Feld would have thought it was good because they're the promoter. But John Gallagher said to me, he's like, I really don't care what you think's like bringing um, publicity to the sport if it's good or bad. He's like, we're a sanctioning body. We're not a promoter. We don't care if you're bringing more fans in, which yeah. I thought was a weird way to look at it, but. Yeah, I feel bad for everyone that's helped and so many nice people reached out and like wanted to come watch at the stadium and asked me if there'd be a place where mountain bikers were sitting or this or that. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like I let a lot of people down, which kind of sucks more than anything. Uh, I don't think it was you. It was circumstances yeah. out of your control. A little bit, but you yeah. still feel bad. Like it was so cool the amount of nice people that have reached out. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. The bet. How is the <laughs> bet settled now that it was like, you know, you were here, you were doing it, and it was out of your control. Yeah, well, the bet was pretty much off. Like, all bets are off. If something changes that's out of your control, like, I I think Herve 100% and my Vans X friends, I think they appreciate I put everything I could yeah. into this. I crashed a triple. I'm out, been out here for since November now, like the yeah. end of November. So they were pretty cool. I think the Herve one, the one to make the night show, he was a bit annoyed because he's like, there's no way you would have made the night show. <laughs> and I was like, you might be right, but I did everything I could in my power to try and be out there and put all my time and energy in so luckily for me i get to keep my five thousand dollars yeah i don't know what we're going to do with it yet because we brought we actually brought it out here like uh -huh. already so i know i'm gonna try and do something cool with it i don't know what we're gonna do yet but yeah the bet was off it is a shame maybe we'll have to do it again <laughs> okay you were out here you know for quite some time uh i know that you hit some mountain bike trails um were there any starstruck SoCal mountain bikers out there that saw you jump over their head? Yeah, there were some cool people at Laguna we took some photos with and at Greer some people stopped by and uh Kurt from Kawasaki actually, his kid is a his kid and his friend is a re really, really good mountain bike rider. So we took them out for a day in Laguna and I think they really enjoyed it and mm -hmm. a few other kids like latched onto our group which was pretty rad and like hung out with us for a bit and it was cool. Like it was really good to like mix it up with the training and my real job riding mountain bikes. Yeah. So it was pretty cool and at the stadium yesterday actually some people like came up and said hi or like sorry I couldn't ride or whatever and took some photos so mm -hmm. it was still a cool experience it just sucks that we didn't like get to see it all the way through definitely um <laughs> some of the videos you posted of you just riding like our trails around here yeah I'm just like hmm, screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that what was that crazy you know that paved that street in Laguna and it's you were nose wheeling down and yeah. then manualing down yeah I think it's called Third Street is what it's called maybe in Laguna oh, I know awesome. Lopes has jumped down it and stuff and 
Yeah, we were there. What were we doing that day? I did a fly photo shoot there. Uh-huh. And I like always wanted to do it. And I had someone to film me for once this time. I was like, right, I'm definitely going to go do this. So yeah. it was pretty cool. And like, yeah, it's rad doing stuff like that, especially out here because we don't ride in America all that much. It's mm-hmm. cool to like, I don't know, ride a lot of, I have a big American following, ride trails and things people know and can appreciate. So mm-hmm. it was pretty fun. It's been an awesome trip and like honestly an experience of a lifetime getting to do this. So yeah, yeah pretty grateful still. Okay, so you are slated to go home tomorrow, but tomorrow. you might stay. Yeah, I know. And you know, I'm there's torn. a swap motor race series out Glen Helen on I Sunday. I know, I know. And we just put two fresh tires on the bike. Two fresh and tires, <laughs> the, the suspension is no. Yeah, yeah, it's got it outdoor stuff back on it. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll make a decision tonight. Okay. Well, you you let me know. I will. I'll uh, I'll come out. I'll make sure you get the red carpet at the race. <laughs> See, and, this uh, is the problem. I'll go to the race and I'll get smoked by all these people that are way better at motocross and hated <laughs> on more or this or that. But it would be fun. But, dude, people are too naughty at motocross. The speeds are too high. Ah. Supercross is nice. Everyone's going way slower and just jumping. <laughs> okay. But you only crashed one time this whole time. One like time. Like the big one on the triple, right? But, I mean, you I never. I tipped over in a turn in England. But you never. Went over the bars and the whoops, or no, touch wood, dude. No, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try and ride within my limits, like, yeah, my, especially on something like this. It's awesome, and I want to do good at it, but mm-hmm. I do have a mountain bike season to think about coming up in yeah. eight or nine weeks. So, I had one crash, which was huge, and I broke Jeremy's bike a bit. Sorry about that, but <laughs> did a subframe and a pipe and bars and levers, but yeah, yeah, one crash, which is. Yeah, I don't know how I survived that. I've been sore, and I'm still sore to this day, but... From that crash? Yeah, my yeah. rib... Like, I was coughing blood and spitting blood a lot that night mm-hmm. after it, and didn't ride that weekend, and struggled to sleep, and this and that, and my leg, but... Yeah, we struggled on. We Honestly, at the time, it was like... I was so motivated and focused, and genuinely thought I was going to be able to do it and race. I was told for months yeah. by the federations that I could do it, so I was like, nothing was stopping me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one crash we managed to get away with. Okay, were you able to stay sharp for your main gig while you were here? I mean, the riding that you did, was it, I hate to use this word, but was it extreme enough? It was good. Yeah, we rode a bit. Uh, The main thing is, honestly, gym time have been short on because I want to keep riding mountain bikes Mm -hmm. as well as riding motorbikes. Mm -hmm. We'd barely been to the gym, in all honesty, because we'd be doing one of those, driving everywhere and stuck in California traffic. Mm -hmm. And I had to run a team as well, which I'm a bit behind on my emails. Sorry to pivot cycles there. But... um, yeah, I rode mountain bikes a lot, but the gym is probably the thing we've, we've slacked out on most, if I'm honest. And after I crashed on the triple, we'd been burning the candle at both ends that week. Mm-hmm. And it made me kind of realize I need to be not tired to ride a supercross track. So, yeah, rode loads of mountain bikes still, but gym. We need to get back in the gym. Yeah. So what is the uh, what is the agenda for 2020 for your main? Mountain biking, go home for a couple of weeks and then go straight to New Zealand. We train there for like five weeks. We have a big international event called Crankworks there. Then we fly straight back to Europe. And basically the World Cup season kicks off then. So mm-hmm. I mainly do the World Cup season and Crankworks. And then we have the Red Bull Hardline race at the end of the year that yeah. I quite like. So That yeah. that video of that race <laughs> is so ridiculous. I mean, like the jumps are so big. How do you... Because you can't work up to it because there's no rolling it. You just yeah. have to send it, right? So I think that's that compared to Supercross is where I've struggled to transition over the most because I know my speed. I can pretty much look at a jump on a mountain bike, roll in once, and kind of judge how far I'm going to go. And just be like, oh, yep, sweet. It's this speed. I can kind of get that. I see that, and I get it. Whereas in Supercross, you get all your speed at the last minute. Yeah. Like I could be going around a turn in first gear at five miles an hour, and I'm going to seat bounce 
a single over a table and get 90% of my speed in the last six feet. So that's where I struggle. But on a mountain bike, I can just be like, I can just look at it. I don't know. It sounds dumb. Yeah. And you just know, I guess. And you know they've built it right. And you just work it out. You can just feel it. I don't know. How do you walk? You just do it. (laughs) It's the same thing. Is there as much testing and adjustments going on in, in your bicycle setup as there is in motorcycles not nearly as much honestly is when you see the guys out of the track and they're like going to test three shocks for starts and whoops it's insane uh-huh. the bikes we ride you can go and buy like my full race bike you could walk into a shop today and buy it like everything on it like i guess fox and everyone like suspension and pivot do so much testing before we even get it they get it so close and i'm not so that are fussy. you saying that you race a stock fork yeah stock fork really? stock shock everything level. We had a different link in because we changed something, but it's now on the production bike. Yeah. The bike we ride and race, anyone can go and buy the exact same thing. Wow. Which is crazy, man. It's cool, but yeah. it is crazy how you can just go and walk out to a bicycle shop tomorrow and buy the same bike. Hmm. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, Bernard, man, it has been, it's been an honor, <laughs> honor and a pleasure to watch you, your, well your same, progression. Yeah. And, you know, I was it's funny because like when i'm at the races i'm like in the pits working it working it, working it. and sometimes the first time i see the track is at opening ceremonies yeah um you know because i've got anton in there watching everything but like i was definitely gonna watch this <laughs> yeah. you know because uh I, i'm you know personally interested in it and yeah it would have been rad i think i know from i've been a 1a1 before three years ago and this A1 stands in practice were packed. I couldn't believe how busy it was. So it would have been rad to be out there for it and hopefully show everyone that I could make it round. So, yeah. yeah, shame I didn't get to do it. Okay, last question. Do you have a souvenir you're taking home from this whole adventure? I got a couple. I don't know if I should say in case Jeremy takes them off me or something. <laughs> I got his front plate that hopefully he's going to be here tomorrow to get signed. I'll be a little geek. And um, probably the pipe, the green tip the pipe green tip I had. Pipe. Like, you can't buy those... I know a lot of people looked at those at practice tracks. The couple I went to and was like, why has this guy got one of these? And a couple of people asked about it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I wrecked one. Yeah. So I think I'm going to get to take that home. I did ask Lou and, and Kerr. And they were like, yeah, I don't see why not. I don't think we need it back. It's just ruined. It's all bent. <laughs> it's like folded in half and then the whole green tip smashed a bit. So I felt so bad about that. And when I was getting the replacement from Kurt at Kawasaki I was like oh for sure it's gonna be a black tip and I was like when I saw another green one I was like yes I was stoked <laughs> on that so I think that's my souvenir and just the memories and everyone has been so so nice and helpful like I can't thank Kurt and Jeremy and Weston and Lou and the guys at Fly and Alex Ray's been awesome helping out mm. and so many people I, there's so many people I need to say thank you to so yeah no it's been a crazy experience for sure. Well, I think your adventures here in California on the Prey One project, <laughs> I think it got you a lot of new fans from the moto world, right? So it's hopefully ins- some hate. Instagram but some fans. to find you. What, what's the Instagram? Is it just Bernard Kerr? Bernard underscore Kerr. Bernard underscore Kerr. Okay. B E R N A R D underscore K E R R. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And if you're listening to this and you do not know about Bernard, Go to YouTube and look up <laughs> Red Bull Hardline Mountain Bike Race, and you'll shit your pants, I promise. <laughs> so, uh, hey, yeah. buddy, I wish you uh, safe travels back home and a successful 2020 race series. Um, hoping to see you Sunday. Yeah, but, we'll uh, see. But Maybe. we'll see how it goes. Okay, thanks so much for having me, and thanks to everyone that's followed along with this. Sorry we didn't quite make it happen. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. 
Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.